Oh, the mic is hot. It's Wednesday morning here at 4914 Everhart at Panacea. That's right, Panacea, a solution or remedy for all difficulties or diseases. P-A-N-A-C-E-A. Positive analysis, accumulating confidence, energizing activity. That's what Panacea is all about. Now today, yeah, I'm just here and my special guest today, and I hope I get this right, he is the former executive director of the Corpus Christi Symphony Orchestra here in Corpus Christi. Also, he is a musician and a songwriter, and his name is Mark Francis. How are we doing, Mark? Not too bad. Cooling off now. Cooling <laughs> off, huh? Well, I, it, it seemed like there was a little burst of uh, shower or something kind of activity Areas minus around point eight or something, seven and eight o'clock. Did yeah. you get any of that? Or yeah, right where I am, yeah, we did. It, it, it wasn't much. It wasn't much. I, you know, usually when it's happened, when it's so hot like it is, mm-hmm. it makes it very, very humid. Is yeah. it? And it's already been humid. The humidity. This is South Coast Texas. This is yeah. the way it is. Now, originally, uh, from my understanding, you from Civil Creek, New York? Yeah, I grew up there. Yeah, and a little, little town. A little bit of town. Yeah. And the population about what, 2,000? Three. Three, 3,000? Yeah. Or they increase now? Yeah. No, it's not. It's gone down. <laughs> now, now is that closer to Buffalo, right. New York, than it is New York, New York? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that, that's, you know. I grew up closer to Cincinnati than I did New York City. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, then, Civil Creek, New York. Now, what is the main thing that they do in Civil Creek? What's the. Well, what, are they, what are they framed to be known for? Um, well, they used to make uh, dining cars for railroads. Ah. And actually, there were the, on uh, the north side and the south side, there were two little diners that uh, hmm. were, uh, were there. And let's see what other things they did. It's most of the, they used to have some factories. I think there's only one left from yeah. when I okay. was there. They, they have a couple of, uh, Machining plants. Uh, yeah. One's called Excelco, the other one's called Newbrook. They're run by the Newman family, and they've done things like make things for the army, for NASA. Okay. Uh, it's a farming district, so mm-hmm. and they grow a lot of grapes, Concord grapes. So, uh, yeah, I grew up with all kinds of vineyards around me. No, the wine vineyard, just the grapes and everything. So, is you talking like the jam and jelly, or yeah. you talking about alcohol? Uh, both. Both. Uh, Welch's grape juice and jams, I think, started in a town called Westfield, which is about 30 miles away down, down okay. the coast. All right. Now, so you're on the, is it, do you have rivers or lakes, something? What runs close by you besides Niagara Falls? Oh, Lake Erie. Lake Erie, there we go. Yeah. Lake Erie. You have, if you go a little further in, then you've got the Genesee River and uh, Lake Chautauqua. So it's pretty nice. It's really good, nice country up there, you know, oh, yeah. fresh. Not like these uh, refineries we have here. No, you know? The summers up there are wonderful. It's, really? It's 80, Pleasant, 80 degrees. 80 during the day, 60 at night. How about right now? Have you checked on it right now? I haven't looked today. Yeah, today. <laughs> what was it yesterday than the last week there? Silver Creek, New York. I think it was about what I mentioned. Yeah, yeah just 80. And, and, and here it's like almost really unbearable. You know, you go outside and run out. How, how are you coping with this humidity? Um, <laughs> stay indoors. <laughs> or go to the beach. It's not too bad out by, on the island. 
Actually, you studied uh, composition writing there at the University of Kentucky? Yeah, that's yeah. where I did my doctoral work. Yeah, okay. And and then when you left there, you did some things, and was that Sioux Falls? No, after Kentucky, I was in Louisiana for then, 10 years. Now, how was, how was that? Quite a change from what I grew up with. Yeah, that was a total, <laughs> so that was a total culture shock to you. Oh, absolutely. You know, what I, I had friends from Louisiana when I was at Kentucky, and they were saying, look out, and they weren't kidding. They weren't kidding, huh? It was very different. Um, good and bad. Yeah, you know, yeah. There were, there, uh, Natchitoches is the oldest permanent settlement in Louisiana mm -hmm. Purchase. Uh, it's even older than New Orleans. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, the history there is fascinating. Yeah. We still have a lot of uh, you know stuff going back uh, into the late 18th and 19th century, and uh, the people vary. Vary from one end to the other, because yeah. you got Louisians, you got Cajuns, Creoles, then you got the Kunasses, and then you got Geechee. Well, that area there is not so much, there really are no Cajuns there. Really? It's too far to the north. The Cajun area doesn't start to go down to Alexandria. Okay, to okay. South. Yeah, okay. And there's sort of the, the, the Cadian Triangle there from Alexandria and it fans out. So did your uh, taste for food change or anything yes. like that, you know? <laughs> so do you like more spicy food now or less spicy or? Well, growing up here, Buffalo, uh, you know, we have chicken wings. Yeah. So spiciness wasn't much of, a, of an issue. Okay. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, I had never had jambalaya or gumbo or, you know, if you go to New Orleans, go to the Cafe de Mon, you've got uh, beignets, and uh, I still drink uh, community coffee every day. <laughs> community coffee, huh? What's community coffee? <clears throat> well, sort of, they, they refer to as the state coffee of Louisiana. Okay. And, that is. and it's a little richer okay. uh, than what I was used to. And, you yeah. know, back then, I mean, this was before Starbucks and all that. Ah. <laughs> okay. And so that, that caught off and that was a really good culture shock. Digging from Silver Creek, New York, going down to Louisiana. Right. Then the Bayou State and see how things were in the different type of languages and, yeah. and the cultural foods and everything. Now did they figure that you were the a coon ass or something when you first went there? No, no I'm, just, I'm just a silly Yankee. A silly Yankee. Did, did anybody call you a silly Yankee? Or, oh, yeah. Yeah, they, they, when they knew you, where are you from? Said New York. New York? Now, you didn't tell them New York City. Yeah, what, what brought you all the way down and what did bring you down? Well, it was a job. Yeah. After I finished my doctorate, uh, it was a job I got offered. It was doing distance education. Uh -huh. And this was back when distance education was, it wasn't a thing at all. I mean, what is distance education? Where the teacher is in one spot that you're teaching to schools or, or colleges or students uh, literally anywhere in the world. Really? And this was before the internet, so yeah. we were doing it via uh, a phone bank. Okay. <clears throat> we had, we'd call into the state phone bank and they'd book us up and book us all together and then they book, we had computers at each school, we made computer screens mm -hmm. that we could control from our computer. And when was this? What? 1990. 1990? Okay, so we see how far a lot of things have advanced, you know, <laughs> particularly because you can see FaceTime now. Right. You know, I did it there and we're, ooh, that, that was, it's kind of interesting. It's kind of funny because I saw some of the things they were doing out here at uh, Channel CC and it's like, 
this looks a lot like our, our, our little mm -hmm. rooms we talk yeah. out of. And it, even by the time we were getting to the late 90s, uh, it was starting to evolve into what things are today. Right. Yeah. And, but we were, you know, there were like, there weren't too many systems in the world at that point. At one point in the early 90s, we were the largest in the world. We're so changing. when you left there, then that's when you came to Corpus, or? No, that, well, this is a long twisting journey. Okay, go ahead. Uh, I taught for a year at Mississippi State, hmm. and then I moved down to the Jackson area, and I taught for a little while there, um, for about a year, and then I was looking for a job. I could have another teaching job, but I ended up being the education director for the Mississippi Symphony. And did that for four years uh, at a time when the orchestra made a big turnaround. It was not doing well and, uh, during the time I was there. Uh, I mean, I'm not the only reason, but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, uh, it did manage to turn around and become financially uh, sound and stable yeah. and was reaching out more into the community as a whole. Uh, from there, I went on to the Florida Orchestra in Tampa St. Pete. <clears throat> Things were going pretty well, but a little thing called the Great Recession came along. Yeah. And that and a, a CEO that didn't think the educational side of music was too important. Oh. So he let me go, and I had a lot of trouble finding a job after that. Yeah. And That's because, you know, to me, when I look at the orchestra, the symphony orchestra, which, you know, you have almost all the musical instruments, basically, mm -hmm. that are being used to make any type of music or sound. Sure. And y'all get together and you have what they call a first chair, second chair, mm -hmm. third chair. There's no fourth chair, right? Just first, second, third? Or well, um... It depends. Usually, you know, within the woodwinds, there's yeah. going to be a first, second, third. Fourth mm -hmm. one would sort of be an add-on because most pieces aren't going to have, say, four flutes. Or no, four okay. Vocals. Right. Uh, within the string section, I mean, we have that. Usually, you have anywhere from eight to 14, right. say, first violins. So, you got to number them so you know which one you're talking about. Who, yeah, who's supposed and to so get I guess my point is that when you get so many group of people, how, what's the normal amount of people in the orchestra? Can it be as small as what number? Can it be as large as what number? Right. Well, it depends. Uh, like here during the the, uh, the pandemic mm -hmm. with Corpus Christi, uh, we did pieces that could be done with about 35 players. Right. Normally, those pieces in a regular concert would have been only 50 to 60. Uh, depending on what the era of the music is, you may have 75 or 80. Yeah. And in some cases, with like bigger orchestras in yeah. the country, you can have 100 or more people. Really? So uh, I guess now, to the other point, how do people actually get paid, you know, doing with the symphony orchestra? I mean, it's not like, you know, people say, hey, we want you guys to come here. Yeah. And you got to get a similar people. Y'all have like a set group of people yeah. that works together. Y'all go practice. And then, you know, people that want y'all to come to perform and... How do y'all break that down as for pain? Or just because you play the trumpet or you're an old boy? Right. We ain't using a harp today, y'all. Sorry. <laughs> you know? And, and so how, how does that break down? Well, it depends on what kind of orchestra you have. Ah. Uh, the orchestra here is what's called a first service orchestra. Okay. So they get paid for rehears the rehearsals and the performances. Say uh -huh. if, you, if you went to Dallas, uh -huh. 
uh, the orchestra there is what's a contract orchestra, where the, con the basic contract, uh, the collective bargaining agreement is negotiated between the orchestra and the musicians union, and they will negotiate uh, a basic salary for the orchestra players, what's the minimum, and often in orchestras like that, the, the players themselves will negotiate their contracts so they can get above that minimum. Uh, that's that's usually how that works. Yeah, okay, so a person, so inside out practice, you're gonna get paid for practicing right. and therefore performing. Right. And so for a person that says like, uh, what's the minimum wage for organ player? Uh, they play in churches, so I don't know. Okay, that, that's gonna vary. How about the violin? Again, it's going to depend on how much money. Uh, the organization has uh, what the player is willing to work for. Uh, okay. Now, how about the, the person that stand up there and be with that little bitty stick he got? You know, <laughs> <laughs> what do you call that? Actually, the conductor. The, oh, I know, but that little oh, the baton. But that's what it is. Yeah. A little baton. You call them, I call them a little Which stick. Is a French word for stick. For stick. <laughs> <laughs> About the rules, the red baton, which yeah. means red stick. Yeah, red stick. Okay, little <laughs> stick. Well, I was correct. I don't make fun of it. <laughs> they do call it a stick. You were actually using the right term. Yeah, cool. <laughs> now, now, there's a person that's a conductor. Do they have to know all the facets of every instrument to get things right? Do they write pieces or anything like that? Or sometimes, sometimes they compose. Sometimes they arrange. Um, most of, most don't. Most are they learn the score. What's mm -hmm. in it? To be honest, I admire conductors' ability to do that. I, I look at how they're they got the score and they got certain markings and things in it yeah. to tell them what to do. Some do it from memory. Really? Um, I know here with our the, the music director here, Hector Guzman, he doesn't do it always, but sometimes he conducts from memory and really big pieces that you're kind of sitting there going, wow. But you know how the piece goes, you know what, how things are supposed to be. You yeah. worked out the details in, uh, in rehearsals. Okay. So, yeah, that's how that, how that works. And, and so now, to me, I look at it like, now, having said that, it's just, it's just a symphony orchestra. There's not too much that they're going to bring somebody in and do some opera along with you guys, right? Or, yeah, sometimes. Really? Yeah. Right. Now, who... Does a conductor make majority of money, or it can be various people? Well, you know? again, it's they negotiate their salary. I didn't negotiate their salary uh, because usually they are responsible for not just the conducting, but also the uh, selecting of the pieces, uh, selecting solos, things of that nature. So, like, if you're going to go perform somewhere in a group of people, you want to make sure whatever type of venue it is that. The music that you're going to give these, send out to them that they're really going to enjoy this and like that. Yeah. You know, because you want, actually, what I really want is a standing ovation. <laughs> right? Right? Because they're telling they want a standing ovation. It's not that people going to be sitting there seat just clapping for you and going on. At the end, you want them to give you that standing ovation and to show their appreciation for the music. Well, you want, want it to be sincere. Yeah. I think over the years during my life, it used to be when I was younger, a standing ovation was very rare. Very rare. Oh, Nowadays, they're kind of commonplace. Yeah. So it's it's a little hard to tell if what has been done is really 
all that good or not. Bravo! Bravo! Yeah, you, oh, bravo. you make yeah. it a lot. And you're yeah. like, it was, you know, it's like, well, it's a good performance, but it wasn't yeah. that good. No. <laughs> and I, I guess I'm being sarcastic and making fun of it because it is funny to me. You know, when you see it, oh, bravo. Shout about that. Now, are you messing with me talking about bravo, bravo? You know, so some people that I call them sedity, you know, and I said they think their 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 shit might not stink because you're with the symphony orchestra. You're not with the local rock band, okay? Yeah. You know, uh, uh, you're not doing doing no open mic somewhere, okay? <laughs> right. You know, and and things like that. So, and I think that the violin, but people have that skill. I think that is really cool. Well, it, it takes a lot of skill to do it. It yeah. takes years and years of practice yeah. and study. Um, it's not something that, you know, you were talking about open mics. Yeah. And both of us have been at a lot of them. And you go there and these people, they've been playing guitar for six weeks. And suddenly they believe they're ready to perform. And yeah. it's like, you have no idea what you're getting into. <laughs> and because the violinists to me, you know, they really get down and, you know, the, the, I guess you can call them the strings on there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On there, what is it, four? They just played, they were four. They had four strings. And they be making some really good sounds. I guess how they, everything is just, mm-hmm. how they hold it, how they get in. And it's really just, I, I think it's really cool. I, I like Ronnie. Well, like it's Ronnie. it's not an easy instrument to yeah, play. Uh, the string instruments in general are difficult. Yeah. Um, even the plucked ones like guitars and harps. Yeah. Uh, the pianos and, and organs are very difficult. The wind so, instruments, it's not to take anything away from somebody playing a wind instrument mm-hmm. well, but I, I know, it, I remember in school there was, you know, talk about what are the most difficult instruments to master. Mm-hmm. And it was, well, the strings are pretty tough. Strings are pretty tough. Now, because, like saxophone, it's like the, the sex, the, the love uh, instrument, you mm-hmm. know, based on the sax, you got the trumpet really fast. You know, and uh, the trombone that can right. do his thing like that, and then the cymbal guy is fast. Okay, that <laughs> you just got to commit to the right time, right? Hey, no, 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 no. And I think sometimes people get frustrated. Yeah, is it anything else? It's not that a lot of people are simply they're supposed to be so quiet. A lot of them are, you know, kind of, you know, uh, how can I say this? Might be more of an introvert, basically. You know, um, uh, some of them not too that really get out that that much or like to be around a lot unless they actually playing music. Well, the thing of it is with an orchestra uh-huh. with classical music, right, is that it is so complex and requires so much intricacy that if a crowd isn't quiet or things are going happening out in the room, uh, it's very distracting. You really do have to concentrate really hard. I know as far as playing open mics, um, I mean, I'm concentrating, but I'm not concentrating like if yeah. that was with an orchestra. Right. For me. Now, you play the acoustic guitar. You got a message you want to? Yeah. yeah. I have a few guitars. I have an electric 12 string. And a what? Electric 12 string. Electric 12 string guitar? Yeah. You only got, you know, you only like 12 strings. Wow. But they're, they're double. They're double. double. Okay, yes. there we yeah. go. There the go. Uh, first two, the E and the B, are yeah. just the same pitch. The G, the D, the A, and the low E all have an octave string above. Now, now tonight, did you go uh, to uh, 
The House of Rock. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> it was just me and Matt. Just you and Matt? <laughs> yeah, nobody showed up. <laughs> nobody showed up. Where were they at? Now? I know they weren't at the flowers. I was at the ballpark. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. Nobody came. I just, Matt kind of laughed about it. He says, you're the only one here. <laughs> well, I guess they were all on the hour or something. Excuse me. Now, Maybe. now tonight you're gonna go to Executive uh, Circle. Circle Club. They have it every Wednesday. The race still running that? Yes. Yeah, okay, that's a long time running one. A running one, and I know comedy. They got something going up to hit the door with Jen Della Quentin. I think she's having surgery today. Oh. And that's the rest of that. Yes, that's right. And I think Jay might have that tonight. Then tomorrow in Mystique Street downtown, if you go on, no one's going to be the host there. But and then they have shows, you know, I know uh, Ben and Mary and uh, some other comedians are doing some shows around out and about, Rainville, Harlington, Anthony Nino. You know, a lot of good comedians is really firing up, man. Mm-hmm. These shows coming all the time. Tina LaPachina is promoting shows. And you know, I know Jay Ramirez, she's going to have uh, once every month at the North Shore Country Club. Oh, the okay. uh, first Friday. Every month there in uh, Portland, so that ought to be interesting. I hope yeah. she hits me up, see if I can chime in for one time. And next weekend, it's going to be a show here at Panacea next Saturday, July 15, local comedians, you know, the Broken Bridge Comedy Fest. So it ought to be, you know, and, and the thing about it, just things happening, things making people laugh and enjoy it and enjoy your life. Yeah. Some people get too all hectic, you know, things are kind of crazy right now. Mass shootings every freaking day all over the world. You know, it's not just here in the United States. And I don't even like to watch the news. I try to watch for the weather. And then, <laughs> you know, see what's going on. You tell me, hot, 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 hot. Okay. Well, they were just talking about how June was probably the hottest month yeah. on record ever. Ever, ever, yeah. And, 150 and years of record yeah. Yeah, and it's really crazy. Now we got the Saharan dust that's moving its way from Africa. Oh, is it? Yeah, and it's coming here. And it's going to collide with a lot of the warm temperature of the water, creates a lot of this low uh, humidity. It's really keeps them. Just stay hydrated, people. Yeah. It's okay. Don't get yourself caught up. And before I get off of here, you know, I don't like to do a national day. And today's July 5th, National Hawaiian Day. National, National Hawaii, Hawaii Day. Okay. And then you also got a, this is a National Graham Cracker Day. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Thank yeah. you, Mr. Graham. <laughs> and it's a National Apple Turnover Day. I like it. Oh, time. Oh, yes. And <laughs> believe it or not, National Workaholics Day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We got to, you know, we got too many days. Whoever sees these days, really good. And I, I want to know now, I want y'all to know whoever want to wear a bikini, it's National Bikini Day today. So, so just walk around downtown, you know, what you want going on. And they had fireworks last night. And, you know, one of the rivers we had our fireworks. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was pretty cool. And the city had theirs afterwards. It was, it was really cool. You know, we were trying to see. Who's going to have theirs first? But they send in the game in just right. My hooks came out on top uh, last night. They be back again the end until Sunday. You know, and uh, you, you interested in going to a game tomorrow night? Thursday night? Maybe. 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 Well, I'm looking up. I'll get you some tickets, man. I'll, I'll get in touch with Facebook. 
Yeah, there you go. You're such a rep. <laughs> anyway, you know, uh, I'm glad you came, man. It, it might seem so. short to, to you, but once you start talking, you feel comfortable, it's relaxed here, and it's always a good thing. And I'll thank Renee Premia and that gangster for coming here and use their space for a little while. Yeah, and uh, nice hey, space. what can I say? This is Mr. Wendell, and I'll see you when I'm looking at you. Toodaloo.